0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. in for Big Daddy Graham uh at four, around 445 450 whatever we we have to do a best of best of gabe because it is the last show of 2020 that Mike and I will be working together and if you're a frequent listener to our our show um you know that 2020 uh, a lot of of our our what 445 segments were dominated by Gabe Kapler and Gabe gave us a lot of material, Mike, during the pandemic, uh, his first year in San Francisco, appearing on various podcast platforms. Um, so what do you think we do, A, a uh, play some of our favorite Gabe uh, check-ins throughout the course of 2020? Do you have some lined up for us at uh, around that time? Uh, of course.
3: I mean, I always have Gabe, you know... The Forefront of my mind of ones to play, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many to choose from.
2: What do you think we go with? Our top five, uh, our, our five, five. Okay, do you think we five five is enough?
3: Yeah, that's it's enough because you know, Gabe can you know, some of these are more than 20 seconds the way Gabe talks, right? So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think
2: it's a good, good number there. So I'm leaving this up to your discretion, I guess that, that you'll choose your favorite. I mean, it's well, your it's, final it's show. It's down to four. One of them is so obvious, right? That well, you well, brought up Mike. What were your some of your favorite moments from from our time working together in 2020? I know you typically don't like my show.
3: Yeah, no, I but... mean, I have a one very clear uh, favorite moment of your show, it, and that's when uh, Funkhauser upset. Who did he upset, Newman?
2: Yeah, in the Seinfeld, in the Elite Eight, that was like the the marquee Elite Eight matchup. Now that tournament, even though you don't like me or my show, yeah, that tournament was a good time. You can you it was can agree time, that. Yeah. that that we 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 enjoyed that very well produced. Yeah, it was it was well produced. <laughs> I got to admit that. Um, and that man, that really helped us during the pandemic. Uh, much more of a hit than my tournament of the games. I already forget. Yeah, it was best Philadelphia oh, the, win since 2000. It was very particular. Yeah, which one won that? I think the foles Trubisky shootout won, the, won all of the No, it, that made a good run. But actually, I think it was the Matt Stairs home run game. The uh, game for the, the 08 okay. NLCS. I think. That but, beat the NFC Championship game? I think it did. I think it did. Wow. So I I think we just did it to switch it up. We're just like, all right, something crazy's got to win. So we'll have the best of our Gabe check-ins coming up uh, around 450 today uh, and give you some of that. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, As we have spent much of the night talking about the big quarterback change and, you know, More than Jalen Hurts, more about Carson Wentz so far and what this means for his future, and um, we'll continue discussing that. But, you know, I look at it more, and you look back to April, and I don't understand so many people who seem to think this Jalen Hurts pick was the cause of for the effect of Carson Wentz's play. Like, when you you talk about cause and effect, and I've seen so many people say that the Jalen Hurts selection caused Carson Wentz to play this way. And that's just not true. Like, and if it is true, then I have massive concerns about Carson Wentz's mental state that that selection could, you know, hamper him so much for him to regress to the level that he's regressed to. Um, and I don't understand how you look at the Jalen Hurts pick now and think it's a bad pick. Like the way Carson Wentz is played, at least you have another option. Now, at least you have another guy with a high pedigree in college who slipped in the draft where, you know, there was interest in Jalen Hurts to the point where the Eagles felt like they had to select him with that pick. Um, Because this is a guy who had a lot of success, is certainly a very talented kid, is a high-quality leader, all these intangibles Jalen Hurts has. And the more time goes by, the more I realize that was a good pick. That was not a waste of a resource to take a backup player. That was the Eagles, and I'm not defending Howie. Howie's made a lot of mistakes, has missed on a lot of picks. But I think that was a good pick. That was one where they saw this coming with Carson Wentz. They saw the fact that he had regressed over the last couple years. Except for that one blip at the end of last year. It had been a steady regression. And this was going in in a bad direction. The Eagles hoped they could rehabilitate him. They hired a whole new coaching staff that they hoped could get him on track. It didn't work. He's only slid further back. But now they have a backup plan at the most important position in all of sports. And I think that was a good selection looking back with the evidence that we have now um, seeing the way Carson Wentz has played. But one move that Howie Rosen made that was just infuriating. And I was irritated at the time by it. And even more so now. Um, and I think it's had a real negative effect on this team is letting go of Malcolm Jenkins. And I know the Eagles in the offseason, they were making a concerted effort to get younger as a football team and younger as a roster. Now, that is proven not to work out so well. And, you know, this was before they brought back Jason Peters, which made no sense, and Kept Alshon Jeffrey on the roster, uh, who you should just ate the money and cut him because he's been a negative on the team. But some guys are just too important to let go. And the Eagles letting Malcolm Jenkins go was a massive mistake. He was one of those players who was too important uh, to just let go to another team. Um, And he didn't want a ton. Malcolm Jenkins did not want to be paid like a top-five safety as we thought or anything like that, which is what the rumors were. He just wanted to be guaranteed, basically, that he would be here in 2021. He just wanted a commitment from the Eagles that he would not be cut loose after 2020. And, you know, I think you've seen the ripple effects of... Was Malcolm the same player he was on the field in 2017 2016 that he was last year no but he was still very good and the eagles miss his leadership i truly believe that and uh it hurt even more to hear malcolm jenkins speak about this on wednesday here was malcolm um in regards to uh what hurt him the most about not being retained by the eagles <laughs>
4: everything i had to that to that city to the team did everything that the coaches asked me to do did everything to make my the players around me better uh try to put my best you know football out there um, and it just wasn't valued you know that much by you know those who make the decision. so for me uh it was just more of a of a of a principle about respect i really didn't care um what the money was but i wanted to to see what that respect factor was and and it wasn't valued at, at you know what i thought and so you know, decisions are made and, and I end up at a place that, that that values what I bring.
2: And it it's disappointing. It's disappointing to hear that because Malcolm Jenkins absolutely could have still helped this team. Absolutely could have still helped this team at safety. You look at um, you know, and I know Jalen Mills is not a perfect corner by any means. Jalen Mills is better than Avante Maddox. You have Malcolm Jenkins back there, you have Jalen Mills at corner, this secondary. Is significantly better, and they miss Malcolm Jenkins from a leadership perspective, and, and just in general, you know, this is a guy who should have finished his career with the Eagles, and letting him go was a massive mistake. And how? And Malcolm, in that comment, I think is speaking directly to Howie Roseman, and it, it's it's of all of Howie's failures, obviously the Ortega Whiteside pick, the Rager pick. They stand out more than any, but letting Malcolm Jenkins go was a big mistake. And I want to get to this theory here where there was this theory during the off season that Jim Schwartz was behind this. Um, and that Jim Schwartz has all this power within the organization. And I think Jim Schwartz has a certain level of power, but it's certainly overstated. Like, Jim Schwartz isn't this dictator that's running around telling Howie Roseman what to do. That just is not reality. It's not. And you can tell based off what Jim Schwartz says. Because Jim Schwartz was clearly not behind this decision to let go of Malcolm Jenkins. Here was Jim Schwartz when speaking uh, earlier this week about Malcolm Jenkins and what he meant to this defense.
4: Well, um, versatility was amazing with Malcolm. Um, you know, he played seven different positions in defense here, and he knew all 11. Um, he knew all 11 like a coach. Um, was a great set of eyes on the field for me. Incredibly honest player, um, you know, always did his job. I mean, it was, he, he, was, he was so efficient at doing his job that, like, if he made a mistake, it was like once a year. I mean, other, other players will make, you know, a couple mistakes a, uh, a game. Um, very, very, very rare. Like, if he did, it was like newsflash that, um, you know, that, that he had a missed assignment or wasn't in the right spot. He was just that player that always did the right thing. Um, you know, he was, he was really good at, um, you know, weathering any storm, Always remained calm. He knew, he knew, um, you know, when to turn it up and when to, you know, when to give um, his his fellow teammates confidence. I, I've thought about, uh, you know, a lot over the years of, um, you know, all the great players that I've coached and things like that. Malcolm certainly goes right up there. He's probably the smartest player that I ever coached, and um, and and leadership wise, you take all those players. Um, you know, if he was on that, he probably. Be, Probably be be elected team captain. Um, I can't I can't have any more praise. I get in trouble for praising players, but um, you know I mean that that guy certainly meant a lot to me personally. Meant a lot to our defense and our team. Um, he doesn't play for us anymore. Um, you know I root like crazy for him. Um, Fifteen games a year, but not going to be rooting for him on Sunday. Um, we'll try our best to go after him. He'll try his best to go after us, and, um, and that's the way the that's the way that's the way the NFL is. But I would say this: I, I don't I don't think I've ever been around a smarter player.
2: I like uh, Schwartz sneaking in there. I get in trouble for praising players because that was definitely alluding to the, the whole DK Metcalf fiasco from a week ago. I think. Oh no, I think it's he just don't get fined for tampering. I think it was the DK Metcalf thing. I think he's making. I didn't. A, I didn't even think I think he's making a little joke there. I think he's making a joke. I get in trouble for praising players because of the DK Metcalf situation. Um, but you know, I don't. I never got this theory about Jim Schwartz wanted Malcolm Jenkins gone. Did that sound like a guy who didn't want Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins on the
3: team? No, anymore? it's ridiculous. People just hate Jim Schwartz and they want to
4: blame everything on him.
2: Yeah, and he, here's one more from Schwartz, uh, giving a story about Malcolm Jenkins when he was with the team last year.
4: It's about the only time I've ever had in my career. We were playing Seattle last year, and he heard the offensive line say something about a look that we had. And and it's the only time I I remember him doing this in four years. He came to the sideline and said, Schwartz, next third down, call this. I guarantee we're going to get a sack. And, um, you know, I had so much trust in him that next – um, next third down, I called it, and it happened exactly the way that he said, and we got the sack. But it was all just because of what he heard. He heard the offensive line talking about, "Hey, next time we get that look, this is what we have to do." Um, that, 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 that's that's rare in a player. That's rare that a um, you know that, that a player number one can understand what the offense is doing so well, um, you know, and 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 can decipher things like that. Um, anyway I've probably gone on too long here but uh, I think I think a player of that um you know of that stature and career and what he meant to us here deserves that kind of respect like I said uh, not gonna be rooting for him on Sunday but um um you know the rest of the time you always root for a guy like Malcolm Jenkins
2: yeah and, and letting him go is a mistake I really do believe that letting him go was a mistake the Eagles miss his leadership um and they've missed it this year and Jim Schwartz Uh, clearly, uh, misses him as well. Um, and yeah, it was, it was one of the biggest things how he did wrong, uh, this past year was, was letting Malcolm go. He, He should not have done it. And the Eagles should, should have just made that commitment, um, to him, uh, beyond this year. Made the commitment then for 2021, he was important enough to the team, and Ryan, Ryan, Ryan is one of the one of the Wentz defenders, and he's got to be trolling me now. He says the Eagles letting Malcolm Jenkins go was a big mistake. He gave me the 100. The... Wait, is this a different Ryan or R Ryan No different Ryan oh, not, not fish okay. pie right, Ryan all right, all right. Um, and he said he helped Wentz in certain situations on the sideline so apparently now letting Malcolm Jenkins go is related to Carson Wentz struggles this year. What does that mean? He helped him on... It's just anybody, you know, any excuse you can give for Carson, you got to give it. Uh, 215-592-9494. I never did my social media gripe, so we'll do that when we return. And also, uh, I want to get to um, this Aaron Rodgers sound. Aaron Rodgers chatted with both Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz following the game on Sunday afternoon. We'll get to what they had to say and also an interesting comment... Um, from Brett Favre, uh, looking at Carson Wentz moving forward and what he thinks would be best for Carson. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. If you want to get in, open lines right now, 215-592-9494. We were pretty busy earlier in the show, so I never got my social media gripe in. This is usually around 2.45 each night, uh, somewhere in that segment. But I forgot to do it earlier, so I'll, I'll give it to you now. Uh, and it's it's one of the latest social media crazes. I actually got two of them. Um And first I'll give one that I – I don't know if I've given this one before, Mike. You're going to have to help me out here. Um, Have I done this one before when people will, quote, tweet something just with – when they just say this, like, to agree with it, but, like, kind of siphon off the tweet for themselves, like, just as an agreement like this? No, but I like it when they add – Inject this into my veins. Oh my god, that's terrible. That's up there with fire. Blank into the sun.
3: Oh, I saw one of those the other day. But yeah, it was so stupid. It was like, man, I forget what it was. Yeah.
2: It was they wanted to like
3: change a coach of somebody, and it was like fire them into the sun. Fire
2: like, Doug Peterson into the sun. It's Like, well, what
3: if they just replace Doug Peterson? Oh, right. it was it was fire Mike McCarthy into the sun. It's like, well, what if they just fire him?
2: Yeah, it's just yeah that that's annoying. But um. What, wait, what was, what did you say before the firing into the sun? Inject this into my Oh, veins. that is so annoying. So annoying. Um, you know, it, or th- this energy There's something <laughs> yeah. like I'm that. here
3: for this energy.
2: Right. Yeah. But th- this other one, this is like a new social media trend. And it's like, to, I guess, um, I guess, yeah, I don't even know what, what, what it is. It's just one of these annoying things that people are doing, uh, where it's to, I guess they're trying to uh, explain why something is a certain way. It, it, let me just explain it. I'm doing a very poor job explaining this to me. I usually do my social media gripe earlier when I've got more energy. Uh, so now I'm 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 losing steam. I guess you had more time to gather material. But when somebody will say, "What is your, What is your? What is your favorite? This and why is it this?" You know what I mean? Have you ever seen that one? No. Like, what is your favorite Christmas movie, and why is it Home Alone? Like to prove that Home Alone is the best, and why is it Home Alone? I, I it's seen this. One. It's an annoying thing. I don't even know how to explain it because it's so annoying. I would never do this. I'm just passing along the information.
3: There's one I thought for sure you would have done as a complaint by now. What? People who post their Spotify raps.
2: Oh, I meant to do that because you hate week. music. I meant to do that last week when everybody's putting up how much they've listened to whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. And it's usually, there's great. no surprises. Like, you know what you listen to. Yeah. Like, oh, I was so shocked I listened to this more than anything else. No, you weren't. You probably knew that was going to be the case. But Ed, thank you for bringing that up, Mike. I meant to do that last week. What would they, it, something if you, took precedent. If you did a Spotify rap,
3: what would come up as yours? I don't know. Do you listen to music?
2: I don't listen to music. So just I listen to podcasts.
3: Yeah, so you know. like you, you
2: never had a period in your life. You just listen to music. Uh I mean, I'll listen to music sometimes. I'm just not a big music fan. Like Al brings up these bands to me. Yeah, like what, what is the, the the band he brought up the other Pogue, the Pogues? Yeah, the Pogues. I've never heard of them before. <laughs> it's, it's,
3: yeah, I mean, it's it's an Irish band. It's um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just curious, like, cause I can't. I don't. I don't mean this like as a shot at you. I just don't understand how to get to your thirties and not come across Fleetwood Mac yet. Like I don't. I'm just kind of imagine. I mean, I've how heard you... of
2: that. I thought it was a guy. I did think Fleetwood Mac was a person up until a matter of weeks ago. It's it's too. But yeah. So that's. Yeah. I, I'm
3: just not a very music musical. Right, person. I'm, I'm just trying to understand how.
2: How you avoided it? As I told Al, I'm very much like like Jonesy in that regard. I'm like a a, a, a combination of Jan Jansen and Jonesy. So WIP goes to commercial. What do you do? You
3: when, it, their, when I, I like when, in, in your car?
2: Uh, no, when I, well, when I'm sitting here, I'm planning on what I'm going to talk. No, about No, I meant in the like when you're segment. listening in your car. When I'm listening in my car, um, I usually. I usually will. <laughs> I'm not even listening. Well, at that point, i usually pretend to listen to music because if I don't listen to music, then I'm, <laughs> I'm forced to talk to my wife during the commercial break. So I'd rather listen to music. But she's asleep right now. So I, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, you're going to have to cut this out. Cut this out. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't really cut it out. It's live radio. I just said something that I guess could get me in you trouble. you just have an ongoing phone call going? Is that what's going on here? No, but it, like my wife will always turn down. She hates commercials, so she'll turn down the radios. Ah. Well, I mean, like, what, Sometimes like when you're driving music. in by yourself. When I'm driving by myself, I'll just you know, I'll listen to the commercials. Okay. That's, listen, all I, that's all I was asking for. I'll listen to the same commercials that I've listened to a billion times. Um, or I'll listen to a podcast or something. Okay. I don't really I just don't really listen to music that much. Uh I've noticed. You don't have to give me the the third degree here, Mike, on, on, on this. I did try to pin you down there. Yeah. I mean if I'm if I don't like music, I don't like music. I am mean, allowed to like what I what I want to like. Uh, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 If you want to get in. Um and real quick, I wanted to get to uh This that happened after the game last week, because a lot of people and this is another social media gripe um, that was just I saw somebody tweet this after the game that it really didn't make any sense where um, uh, somebody had said everybody that wants Carson Wentz out of Philadelphia. Aaron Rodgers took a minute to talk to him after the game. So he obviously sees something in him. I mean I didn't don't really understand the justification for that it's normally uh, it's typical of quarterbacks to talk to each other after the game unless you're Tom that awful Tom Brady doesn't shake people's hands
3: couldn't you just change that to say you know Aaron rodgers spoke to Jalen hurts so he must see something at Jalen
2: exactly hurts. so it didn't really make any sense but Aaron Rodgers spoke to both Eagles quarterbacks after the game uh first Jalen hurts and did you notice this initially Jalen hurts like kind of snubbed Aaron rodgers um no I was busy Jalen J Jay, right you're producing the game Jalen Hurts was talking to a different Packer and Aaron Rodgers was like waiting for Jalen Hurts to get done with his other conversation uh, it was just kind of odd but um, apparently Aaron Rodgers a guy Jalen Hurts looks up to here was uh, Jalen Hurts on the conversation he had with uh, a rod yeah um,
5: <laughs> I was just talking to him and um, I, mean, I have a lot of respect for him I'm um, a lot of respect for for Russell um, and the way he plays his game, Deshaun Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers, those are some of the guys that, that I, I love to watch play. Um, and getting able to talk to Russell last week um, and communicate with him some was, was real special to me and, and the same with, with, um, with Aaron Rodgers. So I just told him, you know, all week I was trying my best <laughs> to, give, um, to give a good scout team look. And um, he, he said, did you get the cadence down? I said, I'm still working on that. Probably not not, not on your level yet, but just just a lot of fun talk. Um, he said he, he um watched me in college and had a lot of respect for me and, and like me as a player and as a quarterback. So
2: he just wished me luck, and I wished him well um, throughout the main, remainder of the season. So, I mean, I guess a good guy to look up to. I'm sure a lot of young quarterbacks look up to Aaron Rodgers, but – um. As far as what Aaron Rodgers had to say, uh, first, here's what Aaron Rodgers uh, told Jalen Hurts after that game. So, uh, and that, uh, by the way, is courtesy of podcast, uh, Pat McAfee's podcast with A.J. Hawk Um, and, uh, you know, just basically saying Jalen Hurts did a lot of the talking. But um, uh, what's more interesting is what Aaron Rodgers told Carson Wentz. Here was Aaron Rodgers on that conversation after the game.
4: I'm surprised NFL Films didn't release that as soon as you said it. (laughs) You know like as soon as it came out i'm surprised they didn't just put that out there that feels like something
2: well you know to be honest with
1: you
5: i i i
2: Now, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. Aaron Rodgers says at the end of that clip, there or somewhere else, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, you'd think the Eagles are committed to him here. And, and this is where I think the contract is a little overblown, where, you know, people assume that the Eagles are so tied to Carson Wentz. I just don't think it's necessarily the case. And I think people from afar look at it as they see the writing on the wall and they kind of understand. And I'm starting to believe this more and more that a change is going to be necessary. That Carson Wentz and the Eagles are not going to be able to salvage this because there's just too much that's going on here. And it would be maybe better for both um, the organization and the player if a change was made now, Aaron Rodgers was in a similar situation, to Jalen Hurts, uh, a little different because Brett Favre was later in his career back when he was drafted and Brett Favre was the Packers quarterback. But speaking of Brett Favre, uh, he also spoke on the situation and talked about Carson Wentz and whether he could benefit from from going elsewhere. Now, I mean, I agree. I, I think that's kind of where this is headed. I think that's probably uh, the thing that's most healthy. But the contract is prohibitive. And um, Andrew Brandt, who is frequent guest on the morning show, um, sports business reporter, uh, he spoke about this as well. And he doesn't think it's going to be so easy. He thinks that the Eagles are going to have to make this happen with Carson Wentz. Here is Andrew Brandt.
0: They have to make this work training camp next year, whatever it is, come back after this game. If
3: Hertz doesn't play well, whatever it is, if I'm saying, what would, if people are asking me, what would I do? Make it work. I don't know how. Make it work. Psychological, physical, coaching, strength and training. Make it work
0: with this guy. That's the bottom line.
2: Now, you know, I, I I mean, Andrew Brandt knows the financial aspects of this stuff as well as anybody. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be challenging. It would be challenging. But the way I understand it, and it is confusing, but the way I understand it, if the Eagles decided they wanted to trade Carson Wentz, which I think would probably be the healthiest option for both the organization and Carson Wentz, because I just think there's too much too much ugly history here 2017 2018 twice Carson Wentz seeing other quarterbacks lead his team into the playoffs lead him on playoff runs the Philly voice story nothing has felt right about Carson Wentz in Philadelphia the last couple years it just hasn't yeah they made a run at the end of last year they won a few games against NFC East teams but nothing has felt natural about this relationship I don't think it's impossible to trade him. The Eagles are going to have to take a a hit for one season. But there are always teams out there desperate for quarterbacks. And there are always teams out there that feel like they can salvage a talent like Carson Wentz. And I don't think he's unsalvageable. I don't. I think he's unsalvageable in this city. I think he's got to go somewhere else to rehabilitate his career. And the Eagles will be able to find a place to trade them if that's what they want to do. And they'll probably be able to get a first round pick for him. I truly believe that even with the contract, even with all that goes with, it. remember we're only four years removed from the Eagles getting a one and a four for Sam Bradford a week before the season. Quarterbacks are at a premium in this league and it's why taking Jalen hurts. I think was a good selection to make sure you're solid at that spot. Um, but, you know, I do think there will be takers. There are going to be a lot of teams out there. Sam Fran, I think, is a team that, that could uh, be in the market. Indianapolis, obviously, is the natural spot with Frank Reich that you'd think about. Possibly New England. Possibly New Orleans if they're looking for um, uh, an upgrade over Taysom Hill long-term after Drew Brees is gone. But um, I do think this thing is... I do think that's where this thing is headed and I think it's probably best for both sides if the Eagles do end up dealing Carson Wentz. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Scott and Salderton. What's up, Scott? Hey good morning, Tom. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good. So, you know, with all the
6: craziness around Carson Wentz and, and what's gonna happen the rest of this season and the offseason, season, is it possible and do they have the draft picks to move up uh, to actually kind of bump out uh bump out uh the Jets and make an offer to take uh, Trevor Lawrence in, in the first round?
2: Well, uh, Scott, w- with the Jets, I'd say anything's possible because they are not uh, a well-run organization typically. I'd be stunned if they traded out of that first pick um, and right. gave up the opportunity to draft Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I would, I would give up a lot to get up that high, um, but Trevor Lawrence, I think, is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and I don't think anybody's going to trade that uh, ability to make that pick.
6: Yeah. It, do you think there's there's a possibility, depending on how Hurts plays the rest of the, if he plays the next couple of games, depending on how he plays, do you think that they would uh, maybe look elsewhere for a quarterback or, or maybe just, you know, keep Carson and try and rehabilitate him?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance they keep Carson and rehabilitate him, and, and I, I, maybe that could work. I just think there's too much, you know, Bad history between Carson and the organization, where it just doesn't feel like a marriage that's going to work to me. But I I think that's possible. I think it's possible the Eagles draft a quarterback. Honestly, Scott, I think pretty much every scenario um, is is on the table right now. I I think you know anything is out there for the Eagles to try to figure that quarterback spot out. Right. So
6: yeah, it's just it's just a shame how far they've fallen in in a short time Uh, and and how bad it's gotten, not just with the quarterback, but, you know, when you look at, you know, Howie Roseman and the play calls, potentially, and, and just, I mean, there's just so much blame this year. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do next year, you know, but they've got to get it fixed.
2: No, they do, Scott, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's 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 been a frustrating season, obviously. It's been the worst Eagles season, I think, since 2012, the last year of Andy, even the last year of Chip. Uh, was bad, but the Eagles were still actually in the mix late in the season, um, and had some some decent wins that year. They won that game in New England, which was still one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. That one, and they came back strong against Buffalo, who was pretty good. Yep, they beat the Bills. That was. <laughs> I have a funny story from that Bills game. That was we when a I. Bar. No, that I that was when I was an usher at the game, and I got into an altercation with Meek Mill. What? Yeah, Wait. I I never told that story before. I don't think he did. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, um, uh, I, I, I had read Meek's ticket wrong, and I thought he was in the wrong seat. But it turns out I was wrong. But I didn't know it was Meek Mill until guys were going down to get his autograph. Then I realized I just got in an argument with Meek Mill. Yeah, it
3: happened. <laughs> did he? Uh... Did he forgive you? Was he
2: like cool with it? Or hey, yeah, he did forgive me. He gave me, <laughs> you know, he gave me a little handshake as as he left. Wow. I don't think he likes me very much. Uh, I don't. I doubt he remembers me. But if he does, I guarantee he doesn't like.
3: Was because uh, that's around that's 2015. So I think it's around the time he was bringing, Minaj to uh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, he
2: was with Nicki Minaj at the time. Yeah, he wasn't with her at the, the game. Games. He was with his kids at the game. Okay. Um, but I, I yeah, he wasn't with Nicki Minaj. But they were together. Yeah, publicly. <laughs> so or. Intimately. Yeah. Well, both. Probably. <laughs> well, how, about the, how about that? Privately, I guess. I should yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's something that happened. I got in an altercation with Meek Mill at, a, at an Eagles-Bills game in 2015. Uh, let's go to Kevin in South Philly. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's going on? How's it going, man?
5: As uh, so I was listening to you, I would have to agree that, you know, Carson in Philadelphia has a lot of blood. Or should I say Carson and, you know, the Eagles has a lot of bad blood. But, so I had a quick question for you, right? We as Philadelphia fans, if they do decide to move on from Carson in this off season, should we be afraid of the moving on jinx? It seems like every player that left as of recently has gone on and has like a reassertion of their careers. And like, I'm afraid that someone like, you know, Bill Belichick or Frank Wright would get Carson and go win an instant Super
2: Bowl. Well, I mean, Kevin, that it's possible that Carson could go somewhere else and have success. And honestly, I'm not rooting against that. Like, as much as people think I hate Carson Wentz, I really don't. Like, I actually like him as a guy. I think he's a a fine person. I just don't think it's going to work out in Philadelphia. And if he goes somewhere and has has success, great. But I just don't think. I don't think regardless of what you do with the coach. What you do, I I think the pressure for him in Philadelphia is just too much. And I don't think he's ever going to be able to overcome it. And as much as we hate going back to the Foles thing, the Nick Foles shadow I think will always loom over Carson Wentz in Philadelphia.
5: Sad. That's real sad. But I can totally understand it. And one more question, right? In your opinion, and depending on how um, Hurts play, in these next four games, if he gets the opportunity to play all four games, would it be better for the organization as far as, you know, rebuilding the team to honestly move Carson or try to move Hurts? Because, you know, you figure Hurts has, what, second round, so the East, each controllable for four years. Right. Pressure, and on top of that, you can probably, they can probably bring back more draft picks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I appreciate the call, Kevin. Thanks. I'm not sure what you'd get for Hurts based off four games. You know, I I don't think you'd get a ton. Um, But it's not even about that for me. It's not about the return. It's about, you know, what is better for this team long-term. And I just don't... The more this goes on, I just don't think the Carson Wentz that we saw previously in his career is come come back in, in this city. I just don't. I think there's too much that has happened in Philadelphia for him to have long term success here. And as much as we hate going back to the Foles thing, I, I I think it always looms over him here. I do. And I think the pressure for him in this town is way more than it would be elsewhere. I think we've seen it reflected in his play. I think we've seen it this year. That it it, it it's it's broken him apart. And I think somewhere else he could succeed. I don't think he's ever gonna be the guy he was in twenty seventeen again. Um I, I think the injuries have taking that guy away I do think he can be a good quarterback again but I think the pressure in this town is is going to be too much uh, for him to handle and it's probably best for both sides to to make a a, a clean break 215-592-9494 215-592-9494 um Eric on Twitter tweets at me this Mike uh what's the worst state and why is it New Jersey so thank you Eric for uh, g- giving us an example there of our social media, right? That that's the type of thing I was trying to explain. This is uh, a talk show. This is in the Twitter show. So thank you to Eric. Uh, when we get back, uh, we will play. Uh, this is now, if you're just joining us, this is Mike Angelina's final show producing final time producing my show in 2020 as Mike takes over the year in review uh, duties after tonight So we will play our favorite uh, Gabe Cuts of 2020. Uh, That's coming up next uh, right here. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. couple segments left. Um, we'll get back to the phones in a few minutes here. But it is uh, the final time in 2020 that Mike Angelina is producing the overnight show, which I'm sure Mike is very upset about. Um, but, Mike, you're taking over the year in review duties. So, uh, you know, your last time producing this show... We haven't done a Gabe check-in in in a while, and and Gabe was such a big part of this show in 2020. Uh, You know, he he was a staple during the pandemic. How many laughs did we get from Gabe Kapler going on various podcasting platforms in the box? The KNBR boys, shelter on base. The KNBR guys. You know, it was it, it, it gave us a little joy in a time that was so terrible. Uh, back when there were no sports, as so Gabe would say, he took down a lot of segments. Exactly, Gabe dominated this segment of our show when we do our daily Gabe check-in. and it was it was a fun time uh, in our lives listening to Gabe every day. So, as this is your last time producing my show in 2020, we had to do one final Gabe check-in, and we've decided now what we've narrowed it down to. What is this? The five best Gabe. Check in cuts from 2020. I don't know if the best, but five most iconic. The five th- that'll stick in everybody's memory.
3: Yeah, and it's you know there's there's probably truth be told there's probably a dozen that will, but we of had to pick five.
2: Right, we don't have all night here. Um, well, we do have all night, <laughs> but we, we 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 can't just play. We have Gabe a quarterback cuts. controversy. <laughs> we can't just play Gabe cuts the entire show. Uh, Gabe cuts can only be played in this segment, the 4:45 five o'clock segment. Yeah, you, you have the 4:20 segment right sink in and then you you know 445 you're ready to go exactly um so uh let's let's get it started with the best of gabe what now should we start are these in any particular order here should we start them, at 5 uh, oh I, I did them uh chronological
3: okay like like the first one's in february okay
2: okay well let's okay let's let's do it like that let's start uh with uh the one of the top 5 gabe check-ins uh, from 2020
1: Pablo, when you had lunch with him in in Miami? Um, I had great impressions of Pablo. He was obviously in in a great mood and excited to to be there. And I think the thing that stood out most was how supportive he was of the the other players at the table. It was Andrew Suarez, myself, Sean Anderson, and Pablo. And he just knew the right time to chime in. Um, But he always had a smile on his face, and he was clearly supporting... uh, the mission of the conversation, which was to get to know those two pitchers and Pablo at the same time and get a little feel for what the clubhouse was like over, you know, last year. What that demonstrates from, from Pablo is, is excitement and, and the, the want to be part of this. And that hasn't, that hasn't stopped. Pablo understands that his role is to be a, a clubhouse influencer, um, to be somebody who brings the energy level up in the dugout. To be a mentor to our younger players, both Spanish speaking and English speaking, and also to to contribute between the lines. I think he sees the big picture.
2: That might be my favorite one. That was our first like th- that. was the first cut where I'm. That like, one was you. Yeah, I found that one. That was um, the first time when I'm like, this Gabe check in could be a fun segment. Yeah, where you know Pablo Sandoval chiming in on a, at a lunch was like groundbreaking. Little do we know. Yeah, right. Okay, so that that was a good one. What, did you enjoy that one, Mike? I liked how he called him "clubhouse influencer." Yeah, like he's an Instagram influencer, right? Uh, like a social media influencer. Um, so what do we got? What do we got next from the best of Gabe in 2020? All right, so this one comes
3: after the pandemic came. Um, you know, remember Gabe did manage some spring training games. He remember he ducked out of that interview. He did, um, but yeah. So fast forward, uh, Gabe. If you remember, he stayed sharp on his baseball. Managing skills by playing MLB The Show. Oh, yes. This is him. This is going to be a two-parter. First is him talking about uh, he sent Brandon Crawford a text alerting him he was player of the game. The part
1: that I wanted to share with you is I played one game, and, and Crawford was the star of the game. So, you know, like he was the MVP. So I took a picture of the screen, and, and Mad Bum was on the mound for, for the Diamondbacks. I sent it over to Crawford. <laughs> and so Crawford. Craw looked at it and he sent me back a picture of him playing an NBA video game where he dropped he was one of the players and dropped seventy one points and, and nine
2: assists. <laughs> and so you know what my favorite part of that one was it wasn't even Gabe. The laughter it was the over laughter at the end. Was that the K M B R guys? Yeah it was, yeah. That's what I figured. And then this one I And I the- I did like the way he also sorry, um that's okay. The way he also used the nicknames Craw and Mad Bum. Yeah. Um, So this one relates to it. This is, remember, Gabe challenged his boss, the
3: GM, Scott Harris, to play the game. And this is Scott Harris politely declining.
5: I have no idea. All all I know is that Gabe challenged me to a game uh, the other day. (laughs) He he told me to go buy a PlayStation and to get the game. And and he wanted to battle test some new in-game strategies. Um, And and I told him that the peak of my video game career was... Mario Kart on N64, and uh, so I was uh, woefully unqualified to play the show, but uh, for those who, who are finding value in it, you know, more power to them.
2: At that point, the GM's got to be thinking, what did I do? What This is the guy I hired who's g- using um, a video game to, to test strategy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so
3: I just got to move on. The next one's the best one, I think. This okay. one... Maybe the one, the the vineyard one, but I don't know. The the shelter-on-base one may have been the one we got the most material. Yes, definitely. So here's Gabe on a – remember, they, they spent a large amount of time talking about Gabe's diet, things he likes to eat. Yes. So here's Gabe on what the staple of his diet is.
1: Egg, eggs for right now, it's like part of my – it's one of my staples.
4: How do you take them?
1: Over easy, over a steak. Like I just – a ribeye, I'll make it in a sous vide. So a sous-vide is like a hot water bath. Oh
5: yeah,
1: I I have a sous-vide that. I knew that one. (laughs) That's that's incredible. So in a bag, coarse sea salt, 133 degrees, out, cast iron, one minute on each side, butter on each side, four over easy eggs over the top. That's my dinner.
2: That sounds delightful. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so that that was a very specific uh meal that gabe had put together there
3: yeah he's probably you know workshop that recipe a few times yeah uh, but that's not the only you know food take they got from gabe there was more
2: gabe i know you're a big goat guy right
1: <laughs> I, I do like goat i mean um like any goat in um a spinach sauce is is like a sog is Ooh, yeah. uh, good for me but I, I would definitely share the the anything spicy um take
2: that was the one I was thinking of with the 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 goat guy uh that that was nice to hear from the goat guy that's how I always know no what the, I don't know the guy's real name but he's the goat guy to me yeah I forgot what what the guy's name was it's, it's I not, do like goat <laughs> it's it's not important uh so what do we got one more
3: here uh two more oh two more okay. that was three okay uh next one is this is, a couple of weeks later. This was, um, if you remember, Jeff Passon reported on some of the, the 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 health and safety protocols that um, that that got released that was going to make baseball games look different. Some of them were like no spitting, no high fives. Right. Uh, here's Gabe reacting to some of the challenges with that. So I've had a routine.
1: I've had a routine since I was a player. I mean, like dating back to 1999, and a routine that I I stayed with all the way through my playing career as a kind of a scout and then as a coach and a manager, player development the whole night. When the game begins, I start with, with some coffee, right? It's part of my routine. I'm drinking coffee. And then I quickly transition to uh, gum, right? Lots of gum. Just a couple not just a couple pieces, a lot of gum. And what I do is I'm I, I don't like the sweetness, but I really like the size of the gum. So my normal behavior is I spit the spit a lot of the gum the sugar juice right? out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, you get you get it out of your mouth. What and kind then, of gum, like, Gabe? Are we going
4: bubble food. yum? Are we going juicy fruit? No, Are we going double mint? What, what's, no. your, what's your gum of choice?
1: Yeah, we, we always have, like, um, I think it's like double bubble. Double bubble. In, yeah. in those, okay. Double yeah. bubble. And we have, we have big tubs of it in the, in the dugout. I'm not even sure what the brand name is on it, frankly. It's just small pieces. You have, you know, regular unleaded, sugar and no sugar. I, I <laughs> two right. I dig you. <laughs> and then fr- from there, I, I transitioned to seeds. And sunflower seeds, like, in the in the middle of the game, right? So, And that's as much as you can fit in your mouth. You're not, yep. like, carrying a cup around. You're just spitting the, spitting the seeds on the, on the ground. So that is going to be a tremendous challenge.
2: I remember that one. That was a great one. <laughs> Gabe was very worried about his challenge of not spitting out his sunflower seeds. Yeah, um, that was a really good one. This one, I had too many for the fifth
3: one. I let you pick this one. Yeah. If you want to kind of share your Oh, I
2: love this one. This is the one, remember in Colorado, it was Colorado, right? Yeah, it was. Where, uh, the, was this, they were getting, getting their COVID tests? Yeah. yeah, Okay. And Gabe was
3: worried about the saliva he, or something? He struggled. He, he needed to go back a couple times. He didn't
2: do it on right, one well, take. Well, you, I need to be reminded okay, of this yeah. one, so let's hear it.
3: The final thing that I
1: think is really interesting um, that I can share, share with uh, your listeners, John, is, um, you know, we have to do the spit testing. Um, every, every other day when we come into the ballpark in Colorado, it's been especially challenging just to get enough saliva to complete that, that spit test. So, I mean, I just think that's a really interesting kind of note and, and guys were taking a lot longer than usual. Um, I had to go back a second time just to, to gather the saliva. So it is much different being in this altitude, uh, the way your body responds and, and there's challenges that you have to be out in front
0: of.
2: That was a, that's a great one. That was a great one. I remember hearing that at the time and him talking about how challenging it was to generate enough saliva for Had his to go test. back a second time. I had to go back a second time, but that was the best of Gabe in 2020. Um, thank you for all your hard work compiling these Gabe check-ins throughout the year, Mike. It was, honestly, it was for more, my pleasure more than yours. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. We had to do a best of Gabe at the end of the year. He, he helped us get through this year. It's been a wild year, but, but hey. Only a few more months till baseball season, and when baseball season returns, so will the Gabe check-in. So, looking and, forward to what he has in store this year for us. The perfect way to 2020, the
3: end of the season, is Gabe got managerial of the year votes, and Joe already got zero.
2: Did he get votes? Yeah, he I got didn't votes. Know that. Yeah. Okay. They buried their award show on, like, nights when nobody would pay attention to it, so yeah, I that's forgot true. about it. Um, But... Uh, thank you to Mike for that. When we get back, we will do a quick week 14 preview, um, pretty good Thursday night game tonight. Uh, so we'll talk about that and quickly go through the rest of the games coming up in the NFL this week. It's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, sports radio, 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly uh, in for Big Daddy Graham. One more segment here. We'll close it out by doing a week 14 NFL preview um, as this will be our last preview, Mike, uh, for, for the year as this is your. So is this your final overnight producing any show or just my show? Any show. Any show. Wow. So you get started on the year in review. Uh, So good luck coming overnight anyway and just do it. Uh, Well, there you go. Um, But our final uh, preview of the year, we'll start out with the uh, Thursday night game. Pretty good Thursday night game here. Uh, You got the Patriots at the Rams. Rams giving up four and a half at home. I don't know about this one. I mean, you'd think the Rams would win this game. I, 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 I don't know if I trust them to cover the Patriots should keep this one close, right? Yeah, the you know, Super
3: Bowl rematch, I, I do think they keep it close. Um, I don't know. Belichick's like really been – he's coached the defense pretty well. I thought they, they've they turned things around. Um, you, you know, they look good, not just the Chargers game. I don't know what to make of it. The Chargers game could just be 100% on Anthony Lynn, but the Cardinals game, I thought they had a good game plan. You know, He's a quarterback that that can't throw it 10 yards, and he's winning.
2: Right. Um, I, I think the Rams win the game, but I think it's probably like a field goal game. Would you agree with that? What yeah, do you think I, Patriots I, win this one?
3: No, I agree. I kind of feels like an over game so, too.
2: Yeah, uh, eh, I don't know about that. Okay. I could see this one being a little low scoring. Um, next, we go to the new to New York. Joe Judge's New York Football Giants coming off that huge win last week. They're hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals two and a half point favorites. I mean. The Car- Mike. You mentioned to me earlier off the air that the Cardinals' lines have been very weird the last few weeks. Yes, that they that maybe Vegas knows Kyler Murray's not right right now. Yeah, it
3: coincides with the shoulder injury.
2: But I don't see any way the Cardinals don't win this game big. I just big. A uh, big. The Giants are the Giants cannot replicate what they did last week. The Cardinals need this win to stay in the because I don't think they're that good.
3: The, the, they didn't do anything flashy. They just like they everyone just kind of like did their job well. It wasn't
2: like, like they pulled it like you know trick plays out. The Cardinals still scored twenty eight last week though against the Rams. I don't know. I like the Cardinals big here, but the line the line would tell you that the Giants have a real chance to win another one this week. By the way, we
3: I know, but like most of the focus has been on Joe Judge. There's another person in uh, with the Giants you need to apologize to. in no way. Listen.
2: Maybe I'll po- apologize to Judge. I'm not apologizing.
3: Bradbury, yet. Martinez, Logan Ryan, Jabril Preppers, and Leonard Williams have all been tremendous. They all have a chance to be all pros on either team, and all five of them were by, brought in by Gentlemen.
2: Well, I'll say this. Bradbury did a pretty good job against DK Metcalf, didn't he?
3: Uh, I, I didn't watch it, I guess. Well,
2: he's better than the big play Slay. Yes. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Br- Bradbury played well both games against, against the he- Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had made that play on Rager. Uh, on the fourth down, so and peppers for Beckham. So that was a good trade, right? So do you like the uh, you like the Giants there, Mike, or is that a stay away for you? It's a stay away,
3: but I would lean the the home Giants.
2: Okay. Next up, uh, Cincinnati Bengals hosing the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys three and a half point favorites. I mean, you can't trust either of these teams, so I wouldn't go anywhere near it. I, you I think thought, Cowboys. No, I I thought Brandon Allen kind of
3: he was better than Lindsey for the Bengals because he wouldn't get sacked 40% of the time, whatever it was. Finley. Finley, you're right. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of, I think the Bengals could just, like, the Bengals could just have more guys show up and
2: just play a better game. Cowboys could be in quit mode at yeah. this point. Um. Okay, well, that that's an interesting one. Next up, Carolina hosting Denver. Carolina giving up three at home. I don't know if I like. If I had to go anyway, I'd, I'd lean Carolina to cover the three, but I, I don't really like this game either way. I would
3: take Denver. I, I don't like, home favorite by three or less. All right,
2: next up, in Chicago, Texans at the Bears, Texans giving up one and a half on the road. This line seems like it's not as big as it should be in favor of the Texans. Um. Yeah, it, man, Chicago's in such a free fall. They're bad. They're bad. It doesn't matter if it's Trubisky or Foles. They're a bad team.
3: Yeah.
2: And both quarterbacks are bad, too.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'll take the Texans. I, I think the Bears could, like, they could... What, it, they could, like, lose something like 11 out of 12,
2: maybe, the way this keeps going? The Texans? The Bears. Or the, the Bears, yeah. Yeah. They were 5-1 and one at one point. Yeah. Um, next up, we go to Miami. Chiefs at Dolphins. This is one of the more interesting games. Of this. this is a big game for the Dolphins. This, this, how many years has it been since the Dolphins had this big of a game? Like, it has to be at least, like, five years, right? Well, they were in the playoffs three years ago. Six well, sixteen they were in the playoffs, right? Okay. So since then, Four I years. suppose. Yeah. Um but Dolphins are seven point underdogs. I don't know. The Chiefs have been kind of sleepy lately. I'd like the Dolphins to cover this and maybe even win this game. Yeah, I mean the,
3: We need more we'll have more clarity come Sunday, obviously, on Tyreek Hill. Uh obviously a big factor. I I don't know, I'm with the Chiefs. I'm just gonna keep rolling with the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, they 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 let you down last week though. Let against me down. Denver, well, they, they, like if you were oh, yeah.
3: wagering on them, um, yeah, you're right. They didn't cover that one. I I was stunned that Pat Mahomes is not Sportsman of the Year. Like I'm like missing something. Who was Sportsman of the Year? LeBron. Oh, okay. Well, LeBron can win it every but, year. But Mahomes is in the last 400 days. Mahomes has lost one game.
2: Right. No, I agree with you. The but...
3: contract. His off the field stuff with his family, like I think he's married now and has a kid. Like it, it
2: seems like a year. Of Pat <laughs> what, Mahomes. Is, what does that mean? It's, it's been a big Pat Mahomes year. Is what it means? He's married now and has a kid, so he should win some award for that. All right, not on that basis, but isn't, doesn't it just
3: pile on that he's had like the the most successful year in sports. I guess I, mean, I don't know what that
2: has to do Look with the it. contract. Yeah, oh, whatever. Um, next up in Tampa Bay. Uh, Bucks six and a half point favorites at home against the Vikings. I like the Vikings in this. Vikings are, I, they they actually haven't played that great. but yeah. Why is this line so big, though? I don't know. I kind of like the Vikings to cover this. I'll tell you what, it's been, as, as, as they're kind of the opposite of the Bears where they start one and five. Zimmer's done a good job to keep them in. I think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs now. I think they're going to get one of those wild card spots.
3: Yeah, I wonder if they can sneak in a game where they can, like, take cook off his legs right he's getting they didn't even like they didn't want to use him that much last week and he ended up the way the game played out they needed him they had 32 carries
2: he had like like 10 in overtime right um well i think the uh i think the vikings can cover this spread um it's it's good that's one of the bigger games one of the more exciting games of the weekend though um next up tennessee at jacksonville tennessee seven and a half point favorites on the road. Jacksonville plays a lot of... They're not a good team, but they play a lot of close games. I like a Jacksonville cover here. Is this Minshew or... Uh, Glennon, right? Glennon. Why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they keep starting Glennon? Glennon's played pretty well. Well, Minshew's better. Yeah. Uh, was Minshew hurt? Is yeah. Is that why they weren't? Okay. I just thought they benched him. Um. But, Uh. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Jacksonville. <laughs> He's been hurt for like a month. That's how much I pay attention to the Jaguars. I just thought they were starting other quarterbacks. Jake um, Luton. Yeah. But I think they, uh, I think they cover that. Uh, I don't think they cover. I think they stink. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up in Vegas, uh, Mike's Raiders. Grudel. hosting <laughs> against uh, Frank Reich and the Colts. Uh, Colts three point favorites on the road. I'm not a believer in the Raiders. I like the Colts in this game. Yeah, like I'm Colts.
3: not. I'm with you. Um, I just don't think they have the horses to hang with. the No pun intended to hang with the, the Colts.
2: Right. And, and that was a good pun there. It was unintended, uh, though. Col- Colts uh, Colts have a good defense. I think they should find a way to, to win this game, cover that spread. Next up in Seattle, Seattle 13 to a half point favorites at home against the Jets. Now, the Seahawks always play close games, but if there was ever a time to pick them to cover a big spread, it would be this week, coming off a bad loss, I still don't trust them. I never trust them to cover a big spread. Um, but uh, what do you think, Mike? This would be the time, right? Ever if you were to trust them in this spot no, against the Jets, no, going off that that loss. If the Jets did nothing all week, I would say yes. But
3: I don't like. Could Greg Williams leaving spark something?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, probably. I am just, I'm just not. wondering. Yeah. Um, probably not. But but potentially, I guess. Um, I kind of like the over there, forty six and a half, maybe a little over Over
3: actions. Seattle's offense has been weird; like they stunk against the Eagles.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just I, I don't see any way they don't that Russ doesn't come out and have a big game. Um, next up, uh, Chargers hosting the Falcons. Falcons two and a half point favorites on the road. I don't know what to make of the Chargers this after is the most last
3: week. Twenty twenty matchup.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I have no interest in this game, um, but uh, I I mean I. I, I, I can't you can't trust either of these teams it's it's like it's
3: Matt Ryan versus like the guy who's about to have the next Matt Ryan career right so, so
2: uh, yeah I, I would stay away from that one I would take the Chargers actually okay um, Detroit hosting Green Bay Green Bay giving up seven and a half on the road mm, divisional matchup Detroit been playing some tough games I, I kind of like a Detroit cover here yeah I don't I don't know if
3: I wouldn't trust Green Bay to play a complete four quarters.
2: The Packers play down to the level of their competition. Yeah. I mean they did it to the Eagles. They could have they should have beaten the Eagles much worse than they did, honestly. Yeah, they didn't play four quarters. Right. Um well Eagles Saints. We'll 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 go to this one. Uh this line is six and a half Saints uh favored. Um which is noteworthy because it was six and a half Sunday. Yeah. So finding
3: out Jalen Hurts is the starter now did nothing to the line.
2: I like the Eagle. I I, I I'm, I'll make my prediction Saturday night when I'm on. I I am very tempted to take the Eagles outright. I think the Eagles win this game. They're, really a, good,
3: uh, they're a good tease candidate, I would say. Yeah. I don't think they lose by double digits.
2: I, I I don't know. If it was Breeze at quarterback, I'd go yeah. Saints. But Taysom Hill— Oh, no, I, if it was Breeze at quarterback, I would definitely go Eagles. No, I, outdoors I, in the cold. I think the Eagles' defense is going to fare well against Taysom Hill. I do. I think they would have fared better against Breeze. Okay. Um, but we'll see about that one. I definitely think the Eagles cover that, though. Um, San Fran hosting Washington. San Fran giving up three and a half at home in Arizona. Sa- Sa- oh, right, in Arizona. San Fran's been such a difficult team to predict. Um, you'd think that Washington's due for a fall after that win last week, but San Fran's very difficult to predict. Week the quarterback play is so unpredictable.
3: Right, and it just it seems like. Th- the injuries they just can't get a grasp on them right um Debo Samuel's back though and they look I looked pretty good on Monday night they just Mullen's just made too many mistakes I don't he's not you can't win
2: with that guy so I wouldn't back him Debo Samuel's been a huge boost for my fantasy team late in the season that's interesting because I have him. yeah well not in our league in my other in my leagues that I actually care about um next up uh in Buffalo the Bills hosting the Steelers this is a great Sunday night game yeah um Bills giving up two and a half at home. Uh, I like the Steelers in this game as a bounce back. Bills coming off a big win. This is kind of a flow of the season type game where I, I like the Steelers. I would have really
3: liked Buffalo if, if uh, Pittsburgh had won Monday. But I think Tom, like, they need this. They need to keep pace with the Chiefs.
2: Right. And Tomlin's a good coach coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the numbers, but I'd, I'd be surprised if Tomlin lost a lot of games back to back.
3: It doesn't lose many games, or period. Period. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I we saw this game last year, and Pittsburgh was right there. They just, I mean,
2: but that was, was Josh Hodges. Howell. I know
3: that's what I'm saying. I was, yeah, that's why I'm leading to taking Pittsburgh.
2: Okay. Um, and then a good Monday night game too. Uh, Browns hosting the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Ravens giving up one and a half. They're one and a half point favorites on the road. The line telling you something there. I think this is just a game where the line is what it is because the Ravens need this game. So much worse than the Browns do. If the Ravens lose this game, they're probably not making the playoffs.
3: Yeah, I I like the Ravens a lot. I don't think they put a ton on film last week against uh, the Cowboys. Like they were they were holding back, and uh, Lamar looked better than I thought he did. Thought he would, I would say. Lamar looked a lot better than I was expecting.
2: Yeah, it didn't throw for many yards, but no, but um, he made good reads when he did. Yeah, despite our one guy. So, uh, yep, that's the week, uh, 14 preview. A good slate of games, good at primetime games this week. All three of them are good. Uh, so, uh, you got Rams, Patriots tonight, then the Bills, Steelers Sunday night, and Browns, Ravens Monday night. Do you think we'll get more than one Monday game? I hope not. I don't think so. Mm. Uh, usually they get to this point in the week, they're good. Uh, has been kind of the case. Well, the the Chiefs Patriots won. That was Saturday morning. They right, decided. Right, that's true. So hopefully not. Um But I do think for the future they should just make the Monday night doubleheader a thing. Yeah. Like six o'clock, nine o'clock game
3: every week. I guess that was a stupid question I asked you because I'm basically asking you to predict if somebody will have a COVID. Yeah. Which how would you know?
2: Well, yeah, and uh, obviously I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the week 14 preview. Thanks to Mike Angelina for producing tonight and all of 2020. Um, so we'll be back uh, next week on Saturday night. Uh, next up, we'll talk to Al for the overlap show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?